1: Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in-store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in-store for details. Hi,
0: everyone. We're two girls, we're bored, and this is Suddenly Grown.
1: We're in our last year of college so if you're in your early 20s finishing high school or in college and you just want to
0: vibe stick around however if you're also significantly older and you want to get into the minds of some 20 year old women but in a non-creepy way come ahead and join us
1: yeah so it is october it is officially mm-hmm. spooky season absolutely... let's talk about superstitions
0: <laughs> superstitions and like 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 the cat the black cat and
1: yeah the cat and like the broken mirror and the black cats why do we
0: do black cats dirty like that? I, I don't really know what I don't honestly I don't really know what Halloween is about because I'm not from the US. Neither of us are. We don't celebrate Halloween like that in Africa. I don't think so. So, mm. I have no idea where the black cat thing comes from.
1: Yeah, no, but like I feel like with broken mirrors and black cats, I feel like there's some things that are just symbols of bad luck bad across luck. cultures.
0: Hmm. Maybe it's a European thing. Maybe they dislike cats or something. Is cuz like The black cats bring magic, play, bad luck, I don't know.
1: And then it would spread through colonization.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, but then that would mean that everywhere that was colonized by the British, technically they would see that as a problem, like the mirrors and the black cats. And I don't think that's the case. No. No.
1: Okay, let's talk about the superstitions we do know.
0: (laughs) The the ones we know? All right. So growing up, um, so Cameroonian superstitions were really... Interesting. The ones I remember from when I was young is when it's sunny and raining. You know when like it's kinda of beautiful, there's a rainbow out, it's light drizzle and the sun is out. Cameroonians believe that an elephant is giving birth at that time. What? <laughs> or yeah, or that a python is giving birth at the time. And Nigerians believe that a lion gives giving birth when the in I don't know why, but that is definitely a thing that I grew up believing. And so sometimes I'll be like, oh, what is... <laughs> birthing right now (laughs) and it's just like something that's just ingrained in me we also have this is definitely one that my mom told me because the elephant one was my my aunt my mom because there are some superstitions around like respecting elders right Mm -hmm. my mom is like you don't ever give someone money with your left hand you always give someone money with your right hand And it's Mm -hmm. it's considered disrespectful to hand them cash or even a bunch of objects with your uh, left hand. Like, I would literally, I remember getting slapped, like, no, don't do that because um, I gave it with, like, the wrong hand.
1: Interesting. So we Indians don't have anything like that, but there is the superstition um, that I grew up, like, it's not something that was practiced in my household that my parents uh, followed to the key, but... um, Itchy palms. So, like, if your right palm is itchy, it means that you're losing money. And if your left palm is itchy, it's like a, it's like fortune telling that you're gonna, there's gonna be money in your future.
0: Are you for real? Cameroonians believe the same thing. As an itchy palm or a twitching eye means money. You're you're getting money soon. Mm-hmm. I like don't. Where did that come from? Remember my mom. I don't really know because I remember my mom. Like she would be sitting there and like she's like my eye, my palm. <laughs> I'm going to some money soon. I'm like, what are you doing?
1: I love I love the ones that are tied to like bodily functions. Like Indians, um, so sneezing is bad luck. Like if you sneeze once as someone's about to leave the house, it's like very, very bad luck. But if you sneeze twice, then it's okay because the bad luck cancels each other out. Oh, so you have to force another sneeze in that
0: situation. <laughs> nah, for me, what killed me was the nighttime ones, right? It would be like, okay, so there are just a bunch of rules, right? it's all for some reason tied to demons and that's what at night so you're not allowed to sleep at night you you're too? Not allowed to, yeah no not allowed to sleep at night we don't believe in that but i i do know a lot of families are like why are you sweeping okay um, my family so when we lived
1: um b- back when i was in elementary school we act, my family lived in a townhouse and our neighbors were also Indian and my family were very like we make a mess, we clean it up before we go to sleep. We don't go to sleep with a messy house, right? We were having like, anytime we would have, my parents used to be really big on entertaining. Now they're old, but we would like have parties like every Friday, Saturday and people, whenever the guests would leave one, 2am, my like, my mom would clean up the kitchen and my dad would vacuum and wipe down all the, surf, uh, all the surfaces. And apparently like our neighbors, um, we only had, like, one wall that was shared, but they could, like, hear us vacuuming. And, like, the the lady, the auntie, like, comes up to my mom the next day, and she's like, I heard you were vacuuming last night. Aren't you scared that bad things going <laughs> to you?
0: I'm dead. I heard you were vacuuming last night. Beware. No, seriously. Like, like people will literally believe that a portal to hell is going to be open because you decided to sweep the floor after you spilled your cereal. Like, like actually, um, there are some people who believe that when you sleep at night, you won't grow tall. So you're not allowed you stay You stay short if you sleep at night. Like, okay, the biggest one in my household was because we like just like yours, your family, we sweep. We clean in the evening. Mm-hmm. I we I am not till this day allowed to whistle at night. If I whistle at night, my grandma might, might actually punch me in the face because it is said that it'll bring bad luck and that it'll it welcomes snakes and like critters of the night. And so we, I'm not allowed to whistle. Actually, whistle at all at night. It's even worse. Like whistling, like don't whistle because it's like a snake. I think snake. whistling is just
1: rude and like a a, a gross thing. Yeah.
0: It's not like I'm doing the few few or, like the, <laughs> not the, or the you mean the cat call whistle? The cat call whistle. It's like you're whistling a toot. I don't know how to whistle anymore because I've been beaten enough times. Every time I tried,
1: my sister gets no, yelled at for whistling, but that's just like pure like. My, I think my parents think it's rude, but I'm okay with it because I don't know how to whistle so. I'm not missing out on anything here. Yeah. No. We don't have it's the whistling just... thing, but we do have, you can't clip your, actually, like my parents don't follow this, but Indians have a tendency to believe
0: that you can't clip your nails after sunset. Okay. But like, why are we the same people? Like, I, okay, my parents don't do that, but it's like, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. What is it about nails at night? it be like, I the de- it'll open a port of the hell. I don't know. Cause that's what I feel like. I don't thinking. know what bad things are going to happen. I feel like mm-hmm. some of these were just like general, like no
1: sweeping at night, no nail clipping. It's like back before there was like light, they were like, oh, you Fair. might hurt yourself. And so okay. it's or, just things parents would tell their kids or right. maybe I there's like it's legitimate it's cultural practice.
0: No, I feel like it might be a, a point of disciplining your children, right? Because a lot of the mm-hmm. ones that I remember vividly were around nighttime and to get children to be behave, right? Like, there's one about not screaming at night because the devil will steal your voice, and so, <laughs> so <laughs> you weren't allowed to like you can't whistle because it'll welcome snakes. You can't sleep because you'll be short. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm st- I'm sure the sweeping one is like get cleaning done earlier so that you're not mm-hmm. staying up to clean or something and then the the what was the last one no screaming so like you don't you don't bother your parents with your screams in the evening mm-hmm. I feel like it's around just disciplining and so they turned it into some sort of urban legend or myth
1: but absolutely really weird. also for anyone listening this is we have done absolutely zero research on this this is just our own oh, experience no. if anyone has an actual understanding of superstitions and where they come from, we would love to hear because I want to understand. I think the one superstition that my parents like drilled or actually not my parents, my mom drilled into me. And I actually like, am still hesitant to do now even when I live on my own is I can't wash my hair on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't know what happens, but can't wash my hair unless I absolutely have to on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's something you're just not supposed to do. My mom would never tell me why I'm not allowed to do it. (laughs) Every time I would ask her when I was little, like, why can't I do this? Just because I wanted to know, like, I wasn't talking back. I just wanted to know. She'd be like, when we were little, we didn't question when our parents told us something. And I just eventually stopped asking.
0: I mean there is no reason not to wash your hair. On t- and uh, let me guess, you still don't. Wash I still your hair don't t- because t- it makes t- me, t- me nervous. Do what you do you think like- is gonna happen? I don't know. Out of the drain. <laughs> Why don't your you whistle? Out? I don't know.
1: I I love my hair. We just talked about how I love my hair. I'm not nah. I don't need to be messing with any any demon related. Nothing. <laughs> no. My. I'm just gonna not wash my hair on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I remember. When I was a freshman in college, like it was my first Mm -hmm. time living, like, so two years ago, like it was my first time living on my own. So I would be doing- Three years ago. Three years ago. Yes. We are literally (laughs) seniors. We're seniors. Three (laughs) years ago when we were freshmen, um, I would would wash my hair at night, right? Because it's long and I air dry it. So it takes a while for it to dry. Um, And And anytime that I was going to wash my hair at night- um, if it was a Tuesday or a Thursday, I would wait until it was right after midnight,
0: so that it was technically the next day, <laughs> so I could oh, wash my hair. Rebel. Oh, you're a rebel! God, <laughs> did you ever tell your roommates about? This? Did they ever wonder why you had such strange hair, like hair washing patterns? You're like, nah, I went to
1: bed super late, so like it's college. No one.
0: Nah. I don't really cute. I. But something that um, is really interesting in terms of like cautionary uh, things is witchcraft and the the not I don't know the the way that we talk about witchcraft in Africa like I can't say that I believe in witchcraft but then when you take me back home I believe in it because of like just culture and like as a cautionary measure yeah it would be like if you do this, she's you can't, okay. There are literally people that we weren't allowed to eat at. If you go to her house, you can't eat her food because she'll poison you. There are certain, like, literally, like, there are certain beliefs that, like, women on their menstrual cycles, you cannot throw the, the pad in the garbage. You have to burn it, burning your hair so that someone doesn't do voodoo with you. Like, I just remember, um, because, and they say that a lot of witchcraft is also done in villages. So when we were in the city and we're about to go to our, like, our parents' villages, we would actually have to do, like, bathe in holy water i remember for a whole week i was washing myself with blessed soap blessed soap and i was only we were only bathing holy water and like lotion was blessed lotion and i would be like do i believe in this i don't know but i'm not gonna risk it quick question this is like just
1: sheer curiosity Mm -hmm. so you're catholic the the blessed water and the blessed soap do, do, do you buy that? Like, do people make money from blessing it, or is it just something so, you take to your priest and have them bless it? So
0: yeah, you can do that. What we did, we invited the priest to our home. We fed Ooh, him. Oh got we, you. Yeah, you. Feed the priest. You house the priest. Okay. You, you pay the priest indirectly by like taking care of through him hospitality. Himself. Yeah, okay. through hospitality, and also maybe like giving him something for his home or whatever, and then he will do. A, we had a small mass in our home because it's actually for real though. It is actually very dangerous. <laughs> from the west from europe or the u.s go back to their home countries because there's a lot of like robbing there's a lot of like a lot of potential poisoning Mm -hmm. you'll hear we hear stories all the time about this guy went home and his his family killed him this guy oh my god like yeah so it's so people take precautions and witchcraft is something that all across the continent of africa people take seriously
1: (laughs) i'm curious like even in the eastern countries where there it's like predominantly muslim
0: I really can't speak to it, but I feel like it is because like, I know that in Mozambique, or, like so, further south, mm-hmm. they take witchcraft seriously, and I, okay. I, I, I feel I feel like they would still take it seriously. I'll ask some mm-hmm. of my Somali friends. I'll ask some.
1: That's that's so interesting.
0: Like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think it's
1: so interesting because I feel like witchcraft is one of those things where. It's be, it's like it's become a cultural practice. Like maybe it started out as a superstition, but it's like a cultural mm-hmm. practice. Because I know, like in India, there are some superstitions that are literally so prominent that they are, it's a part of the culture now. Mm-hmm. Like there's a superstition where when you're giving someone money for maybe like a wedding or like if it's like birthday money or something, like when you're giving someone a present and the present is money, mm-hmm. you don't give them like a rounded number. Like you won't give someone five hundred rupees or you won't give someone like a thousand rupees you would give them a thousand and one or five hundred and one because like that one rupee is supposed to be good luck Mm -hmm. and that's something that like I think I was like reading somewhere about like someone was um someone was talking about like had made a list of superstitions and I read that on there and I like had never even considered the idea that that could be a superstition I just assumed it was something that like that's a part of our culture
0: Yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense like to be honest, when I think about things that are just like a part of our culture, I, I can't help also thinking about like beauty standards too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like okay, this is something that I learned on TikTok because honestly, I feel like our podcast might end up being things we learn on TikTok. But um, <laughs> there is this in South Sudan, right? Women, yeah. women uh, do something called uh, sunbathing, right? Okay, and it's a like in South Sudan. Apparently, the beauty standard for women is to be very tall very dark, have um, light, um, white teeth, and I believe short hair, I don't remember about the hair, but and I remember thinking being extremely dark for real, like this woman was talking about how she had just finished sunbathing, so she literally sits in the sun to get darker, and I'm like is is this, Is South Sudan the only place in the world where this beauty standard still exists, where you're not trying to become lighter, But in fact, trying to retain that. And like, have you seen images of like South Sudanese women? They are just gorgeous. I have seen images, Mm -hmm.
1: but skin cancer aside, that is very
0: interesting. I don't know if they'll get skin cancer like that, though.
1: Okay, but like, you still, regardless of how much melanin you have in your skin, you're not immune to skin cancer. I vaguely remember you telling me in high school, oh, I got, I'm black. It's okay. I'll need sunscreen. I wear
0: sunscreen. I wear it now. You wear it now, yeah. told me to wear sunscreen, (laughs) so I have sunscreen. Damn. (laughs) But
1: like, there's still like, it's, it's still doing damage to their skin, but that's besides the point. I think. It's so interesting that beauty standards are so similar due to <laughs> colonization across the
0: world. Yeah.
1: Um, except but, for but that it one thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could talk about the the skin cancer, but I just love the fact that okay, skin cancer aside, that just makes me happy to know that there's still a place in the world where like women are able to be dark and. Mm-hmm. And that's okay.
1: Yeah, because like even not literally not even just the United States, even in countries where the entire population is darker skinned, there's still those skin bleaching products, and there's still colorism, mm-hmm. just yeah. leaching its way into society. And like it's so yeah. prevalent that it's just, I feel like, especially like as someone who grew up in India, for those of you that do not know, India was colonized by the British, and so light skin. Everyone in like Northern India is typically lighter skinned than people in Southern India, you know, because they're closer to the equator, further away from the equator. equator. Science. (laughs) Science, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Um, And so like literally like within, even within like Indians, there's like this hatred of being darker color, of like being more brown. Like people are like, oh, we're Indian. We're so proud to be Indian. But then they want to be like as light as possible. And this isn't everyone. Like there is education happening about how this isn't like how this is there's all these biases and people don't realize it but I feel like growing up I was exposed to all of this content regarding colorism and I never truly reflected on it or thought that it was wrong until I became a teenager
0: yeah I mean even just in my own household there was just like casual colorism and I won't Mm -hmm. say that you know Cameroon is as bad as India but I will say my cousin is white now so (laughs) what did she do (laughs) um skin bleaching galore like for real, like, I saw a picture of her uh, a couple of months ago, and I was like, that, I don't, I didn't recognize who she was, she was just, she was, she was very white, and I saw that, and I was just sad, because I thought about all the things that she put in her body to get that way, Mm -hmm. and I never, I didn't think that we were that bad in Cameroon. I didn't think that we yeah. had colorism had reached us to that level, but it still does. And we there are so many products out there with um skin brightening. They'll call it brightening, mm-hmm. but it's really just like lightening your skin. And even my yeah. mom had us do this, right? I would um I remember she'd bring back these soaps from Cameroon and she's and then be like, Oh, a brighter face. And I was like, okay cool. I want my face yeah. to be bright. Not
1: realizing that that <laughs> bright meant lighter.
0: So bright yeah. Bright meant lighter. And it it's it's rough because you want people to do what they want to feel beautiful but when it's mm-hmm. actually harming them and they're putting sometimes really really harmful chemicals mm-hmm. it's like you know, it, it doesn't feel great yeah i
1: feel like it, i feel like it's even worse when you are representing a brand that's promoting this because you're the media that, that's out in the world like young women are seeing it and it's just not it's not the message you want out there like i know um, currently, so there's this, there's this entire brand in India called Fair and Lovely and they have mm-hmm. like this whole range of products and its only job is to make you fair and lovely because those two coincide and you can't be lovely without being fair. Yeah. Um, and there's this whole branch. I remember like when I was younger, almost every single Bollywood actress like would do a thing for Fair and Lovely and all even those actresses, Africa. even her, <laughs> even her, um, um, and they're all receiving like clapbacks. Like it, it's not just them. Like literally American brands have skin brightening products that are available exclusively in India, like Garnier. Really? Garnier has skin brightening stuff, but I don't believe it's sold in the United States. I don't know if it'd be approved by the FDA in the first place, but um, even if it was, like it's just, I don't think it's something that people here would buy just because it's not like a cultural thing, but it is. Everywhere, like if you walk into a store, like into a corner store in India and ask them for skin brightening products, they could give you like uh, a shopping cart full. It's just wow. so prevalent. And there was actually so India's India. I feel like they're working towards this. They're like recognize that there's a problem, and there are individuals working towards counteracting that narrative. Um, very recently there was a Bollywood song where they hate on Beyonce.
0: I heard this. I heard yes. about
1: that. So basically there's this Bollywood song that came out and there's a lyric in it where they say Beyonce and what that means is after seeing you uh you fair skinned lady uh Beyonce would be embarrassed. Um Damn. Yeah. And it's yeah, <laughs> just there's there's no way to <laughs> interpret that that. Doesn't make them sound like
0: colorist, racist, terrible people. Do you people. think they were? Do you think they were meaning to use it to say that it was to use it in like a colorist manner? I think
1: so, to some extent. Like what, the only, okay. the only like caveat to this, I feel like the only nuance in the situation is that like the term "gordia," it's like it's used to refer to like because being fair is is equivalent to basically being a beautiful person like the term Mm -hmm. gory it's like very common in a lot of bollywood music um just to refer to a pretty girl because she's also fair fair. Fair. um so like it's possible they were just saying like after seeing you you pretty girl beyonce would be embarrassed but like i don't it's just there's so many people that go into the production of making a song like i refuse to
0: believe that so they many people did. saw this and not and uh, yeah. But basically, but, but this, is, this is my thing though. They couldn't. They had to go all the way across the world and pluck Beyonce. Yeah. To make a like they couldn't use like I don't. This Priyanka is the only female actor. <laughs> I'm going to use her Priyanka instead. Be like, Priyanka would. Be what p- what Priyanka female? are you referring to? She's so white. Priyanka, I,
1: her skin is so radical, light.
0: In Quantico, she looked darker you come on okay remember in Quantico I just feel like she looked she looked
1: tan okay I would say like not even tan I feel like they could have referenced like maybe I'm I'm not saying they should have but they could they really went all the way around the world to pick someone I mean maybe it was like because Beyonce's really big and like everyone knows
0: who Beyonce is does the song slap or something isn't the the song song is is trash no oh -hmm. and that that makes it even worse right No, but basically sweetheart
1: social media I think brown social media did good like they clapped back so fast and like every single um I would say like every single like Indian influencer or Mm -hmm. media person who works in the media that I follow personally like they said something about this and very rarely does bollywood realize they made a mistake and then change like go back and change it uh but this mm-hmm. song was released before the movie was released and they actually changed the lyric in the song okay. um it's like it, they changed it to okay. and what that means is like after seeing your uh like attitude um okay. the world would get embarrassed
0: yeah I guess I mean I guess but it's already <laughs> um, out there
1: but I it's mean, already out there they- and like there are actresses and actors and filmmakers and musicians and lyricists who that were involved in that yeah the worst part is though Bollywood is gonna give him another gig
0: of course but you, when I think about that because I don't know if you know this but um Cameroonians grew up on Bollywood mm-hmm. music um, I, I, I
1: did know this. I, I met... I, I don't know about Cameroonians, but I met a Nigerian girl once who told me that she grew up listening to Bollywood music.
0: Yeah. No, I... Like, my parents would tell me that in... When they were growing up, they would watch so many... Okay, Bollywood movies to the point where they were a bit disillusioned when they came to the US and saw brown people for the first time. Because my dad was thinking, all right, all right, Indians are these tall, light-skinned people. And... He goes to the US and he's like, "Wait a second. You guys are all my skin color." First mm-hmm. of all, like some like there's variation. There's more variation than I thought. And y'all are like, that's all. What's going on? Cuz he like the image that like 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 Bollywood was pumping into the world was like mm-hmm. the image of like, you know, still Indian people but just not the representation yeah. of the population. And like I think about the way that now American beauty standards are changing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have this like some people are out here trying to get lighter in like different parts of the world, but a lot of like American standards are becoming like a Middle Eastern slash like racially ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's cool, you know. Like I, I I don't
1: know like how true this is, but I remember reading this article about how um, Kylie Jenner, you know, like how the Kardashians, mm-hmm. um, the Kardashians themselves, I believe they have Armenian heritage, um, the but the control KKK.
0: <laughs> but-
1: <laughs> But the Jenners um the Jenners are not I, I believe to the best of my knowledge they are American and they white. don't yes, they are white. They are very white. Mm-hmm. Um and I saw this thing of like someone did a side by side of like Kylie Jenner before she had any sort of plastic surgery and what she looks like now. Um if you and like someone did a study of the features that she has, like it was a it was a plastic surgeon, actually it was a plastic surgeon from Iran. Mm-hmm. Um and so they like did a breakdown of all of her features and they were like if you look at her like the features that she has now, they are distinctly middle eastern.
0: Really? Uh Because, okay, whenever I saw the gender, like, not Kylie specifically, I always thought that she was going for, like, the look of mixed girls in the U.S. When I say mixed, I mean, like, black and white Mm -hmm. or, like, because that's kind of what people compare it to. I never thought that it was a Middle Eastern. Okay.
1: Okay. But I feel like Middle Eastern and biracial, like, the the feature, like, biracial and Middle Eastern features, they're pretty similar, actually. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of the makeup to the makeup trends mm-hmm. kind of came because like huda beauty and that stuff yeah. have like very like contouring sharp features and mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's what is being adopted now but it, it's crazy because like i see how it's now you have to like be a couple of shades darker and picking up features that you don't that we got made fun of like you mm-hmm. remember how we were getting like being young because i remember being a young girl right i never really hated my skin color too much but Mm -mm. there was this white girl in my class i was like in sixth grade and i was like i want to look like her i just wanted to look like her her hair was it's just yeah i don't know her eyes like her nose was different she didn't have my lips now everybody's trying to buy my lips (laughs) i feel like it is very casual colorism because like
1: I myself, I am not as dark skinned as a lot of Indians, but I'm also probably not the lightest Indian you could find. I feel like I'm probably mm-hmm. on the lighter side in terms of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And what's like different for me is my skin has more pink undertones than yellow undertones, which Indians typically have like more yellow undertones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could probably pass for a Latina as well. Like I, depending on who sees me, um I feel like I look very Indian but I've been told that I don't
0: so really I've you know I've been told that I look Ethiopian and I still don't believe it but I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's not the same but but, um...
1: no but like (laughs) um when I was in elementary school so the first elementary school I ever attended was like I was the only brown girl in the entire school Mm -hmm. I was the only person of color in the entire school until we got a girl um a Haitian girl like my 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 in first grade um she moved to my school
0: imported another (laughs) well (laughs) she didn't she moved from
1: New York she did not move from from Haiti okay (laughs) (laughs) but um I remember like just seeing like I, I agree with you like all the girls in my Girl Scout troops all the girls in my class all my friends they were like most of them were blondes most of them had blue or green eyes and they had like tiny features and I was like I they never were like oh you look different it was like all internalized hatred like I was like oh I want to look like that and then I grew older and like I you know like the pathway to like discovering that I'm beautiful as well because now mm-hmm. if I do say so myself I'm pretty attractive
0: oh you think so huh
1: I know so <laughs> I don't think so I know so um but I don't know I feel like, it's like Because colorism is so prevalent in our society we kind of internalize it even from like an age as young as five years old
0: yeah and even especially if even if you're not told or your parents don't do Mm -hmm. that at home or like they tell you you're beautiful that your future yeah you're still not gonna see yourself represented in the media and stuff and so Mm -hmm. i think a lot about like young people and the push to be different and yeah I, i just i just think that young people now are luckier i think that as you know we progress in time and they see different images of what it looks like to be beautiful different women being put on Mm -hmm. like different women in media and books and whatever it starts to change but i i just wonder what the motivation is for a lot of women to want to adopt features that aren't theirs because you remember this the fox eye trend thing that was going around on tiktok where you don't
1: where i don't know what that you're referring to
0: it you know with like the um the East Asian features for eyes, like their eye shape. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of girls online were just now starting to adopt kind of like a fox eye to look more East Asian. And I I know how many East Asian people have been made fun of because Mm -hmm. of their eye shape. Yeah. You guys... That group mentality of not being able to see, hey, what you're doing right now isn't okay. You're adopting a trend that is kind of offensive and mm-hmm. I don't know, that that tone definitely. I wonder why sometimes we're not able to think critically when we do things like that.
1: I feel like it's because group mentality is prevalent everywhere. You know, like I feel like especially for me, I know I fell into it in high school. Like, when you're in high school, you're surrounded by your peers and honestly, like the kids you see at school they make up a large chunk of the quote unquote community that you're going to interact with on a day-to-day basis even on a week-to-week basis right. like outside mm-hmm. of school like maybe if you do extracurriculars or you're like on an inter intramural sports team or something like that you would interact with others but usually like your school is your community right and so yeah. the people that you surround yourself with the people in your classes your friends your squad if you have one those people you, you want to be similar to them, and so I feel like sometimes when a thought is going through one person in the in the group, and like everyone kind of adopts that thought process.
0: Yeah, it's like how all of a sudden we all started wearing white vans. Not me, but do you remember? Do you remember the look in high school for the longest time? Oh was God, black le- black leggings, white shirt, or like very plain, yeah, white t-shirt. It was a it was any
1: any long sleeve skin tight shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, with white bands. I, I personally, <laughs> I did not believe in wearing leggings as pants in high school. You wore them. Uh-uh, I did you not. I wore sweatpants. I believe it. I not know. I do it all the time now. <laughs> um, but I did not do that in high school. In high school, I was like, I don't think leggings should be worn as pants. And I would occasionally wear sweatpants if I'd like pulled an all-nighter or if I like had a well, ton of tests that day. Okay.
0: I wore a onesie, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know my zebra onesie I would <laughs> I would wear sometimes? God, I hope no one has pictures of me from high school. That was just really, really sad.
1: It's literally my contact profile of you is you <laughs> and your zebra onesie. Um, but yeah, I but feel like no, in I- general, group mentality, it can be applied to anything. Like not even just clothing. I feel like it can, it goes, it bleeds into more serious topics as well.
0: Like I, something I noticed recently was just bullying, right? Mm-hmm. About how, Bullying isn't always the, you know, you're shoving a kid's head in the lockers or you push someone down. Like, a lot of it can just be very subtle and it can be online. Because I I definitely feel like woke policing kind of becomes bullying at times. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're not there, you're not trying to generate conversation, right? Yeah. when I, th- I think, think about this like, for young people a lot, like on, on TikTok, for example, when a creator wants to talk about something like, oh, this issue really affects me or this issue, like, this is what I want to talk about. And then someone in the comments is like, but you didn't mention this, 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 this and that. You mm-hmm. didn't say this right. You, did, How could you do this? You don't have the right to speak about it. It's like, well, at least they're trying, you know, at least they're mm-hmm. actually wanting to talk about it and bring attention to it. Why do you want to nitpick to show that you know more?
1: Yeah, I, I think like, that's absolutely like it falls into bullying to some extent. And I feel like the problem is that in situations like this, um, particularly in situations like maybe where they're not just nitpicking, but where they're actually being like aggressive or like making character judgments or like character defamation in instances like that, or like, you know, that feature in TikTok where you can like, take someone's video and then film yourself in front of the video. Mm -hmm. And basically you just like insult the person behind you for the entirety of your video. Like I feel like a lot of those videos, it's typically the person does not have anything nice to say. Mm -hmm. um, And it's typically presented in a way that's not constructive criticism. They usually end up making character judgments as well. And I feel like, yes, while even if the person in the background is dead wrong or like what they said was incredibly, it, it just like was not what you agree with if you are, if you're presenting your comments on that person in a way that is not respectful, or in a way that is defaming their character, you kind of become a bully. And it's difficult to tell in situations like these, because you may be in the right, like what you're saying may be right. But if you are taking it too far, or you are not presenting your argument
0: correctly, you you're becoming a cyber bully. Yeah, especially when it comes to like when with young people and I think that that woke policing definitely fits into group mentality right because mm-hmm. every, we all kind of assume, okay being woke is good you want to yeah you want to be aware of the topics you want to know everything and thus Correcting people when they're wrong and clapbacking, that's also good. And so we all fall into that scheme. Because even mm-hmm. on it, I'm, I'm going to be really honest. At first, I never saw a problem with that With that duetting. Yeah. Band, until you realize that that stuff can go viral. And then mm-hmm. what if that person made a serious mistake? I'm not talking about the people who you know say the N-word or who legitimately do horrible things. Yeah. But maybe you just made an off comment that you were ignorant about. And instead of correcting you in a polite manner, you just have these people being like, who, does you th- who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. How dare you? You're probably a this. You're probably a that. You're yeah. probably a this. And then it turns into that person maybe not even reflecting on what they've done wrong. No,
1: because if you come at them from such an themselves. aggressive manner, like that person may not take the time to reflect on what they did is wrong. They're just going to victimize themselves and be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore that. I absolutely agree with that. And I think one of the things like, because situations like these, they're like, especially when they happen with younger individuals, because it's such like a murky situation, because why, the people, the, the, the person who's quote unquote woke policing, that person may think they're in the right and they may not even realize it if they're doing something that is mm-hmm. that could potentially be considered bullying. And I feel like if we as a society start to accept accept behavior like this, won't be long before it starts to go further and further and we see like instances that are like quite obviously cyberbullying and like we start to accept yeah. that
0: because low key would you say that in front of the person in that manner? Because you have to think about that. Because that's that's literally um cyberbullying prevention one oh one. Right. Like, they're always like would you send this to your mom? Would you say this to this person in not face. even would you say this to their face would mm-hmm. you dm like would you dm would
1: this you to DM that person guys. would you have a one-on-one <laughs> conversation like a virtual like not even an in-person <laughs> situation because i feel like that is a whole nother level but would you like mm-hmm. private message this to that person and have a one-on-one conversation where you're making character judgments about them
0: yeah and it's weird because we think that as we've up we're above this right like because mm-hmm. I think we see this as a cyberbullying, bullying all of that stuff that's high school that's young we don't do that anymore but I full well see college students acting a fool on the internet doing the same things that we would identify as bullying when we were young but for some reason yeah. because we're technically in the right we don't see that anymore mm-hmm. and it's also like I, I feel like In college, we have a lot of pride in becoming individual people, in like, Mm -hmm. you know, making your own decisions, being informed about things. And yet we can't escape certain aspects of group mentality, especially when it comes to politics, Mm -hmm. because there are definite moments when I'm like, I maybe have the political belief of some people, but I don't agree with the approach. Mm -hmm. or that or the way they like I just don't agree with the way they're talking about it and it feels like you can't always voice your opinion because then you're wrong or then they totally they label you as like a super 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 conservative or like a super 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 liberal and it's like no I just I can't have an opinion anymore not even that they would I feel like the worst thing you could get called um
1: so we go to very liberal university
0: absolutely
1: um it's a very liberal university it's and funny. if someone is voicing their opinion and maybe their delivery is just not mm-hmm. the best like maybe it's just not the best way to receive information even if you're trying to educate someone if your delivery is off um it's just not going to be received well so and you if you you a trump supporter. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no 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 not that but like if someone's yelling right and then say we agree with them but we're like hey maybe you want to try delivering this differently you will be called a trump supporter no 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 no. or you'll be labeled as tone policing
0: tone policing it's oh it's that one it's that one okay Ooh, i can go forever about tone policing because i'm the person i'm the type of person who believes tone matters i just am right Mm -hmm. um I think that it's really i think it sucks though that people have to police themselves and you know s- they can't speak with emotion I, th- yeah. and I think it mainly affects black people it always mainly affects black people because mm-hmm. realistically we are affected a lot by, by uh, systematic racism yep. that is just it and sometimes if you finally get the ability and the space to talk and you're you just want to yell and scream mm-hmm. but you can't you Mm-mm. really can't and like it happens it happened like a in june right where our uh, a bunch of black orgs wanted to talk to our president about like structural racism on campus and to be honest a lot of us didn't feel like the conversation went very well because we started using language that you know you we wouldn't use on it in front of her and it was no. like yelling and all that stuff and because of the fact that our tone wasn't right and we weren't on point with how we presented the facts she stopped listening to us yeah and the discussion went around her tone and everyone like everyone uh-huh. was like you're tone policing you're not listening to what we're saying and she would but that's it's the strategy we have to understand that sometimes we are not in positions of power and thus unfortunately we have to watch our tone I hate uh-huh. it I don't want to do it sometimes I want to use the foulest language in the book but is that going to work? Can uh-huh. I, I want to go, I want, like during the Harvey Weinstein, Stein Trout, yeah. Stein whatever. If I was a lawyer, of course I'd want to call him all the, all the names in the book, but I get kicked out of the courtroom. Yeah. I, you would get kicked out of the room. Mm-hmm. And
1: those are situations where people are very obviously in the wrong Right, yeah. but I feel like something with tone policing is like even in situations where maybe the person in front of you is kind of ignorant or just like doesn't yeah. have a proper understanding of what's going on. Sometimes I feel like in your in your attempt to educate them, you may be very aggressive, or you may start using yeah. foul language, or you may start again making character judgments. Yes. Like, don't don't call someone stupid if you're trying to get a point across.
0: If you're trying to change their if you're trying I to change
1: their opinion, things. you can't attack them
0: you can't because if you if you're trying to hurt them say whatever you want to say but if you're trying to get them to change their mentality and you're trying to educate them you have to come with respect Mm -hmm. and i I think also this is something that happened this is because of the 2016 election right because i was watching old clips of the debate between obama and mccain and i'm Mm -hmm. like wait a second respect that is not like any debate i've ever seen right <laughs> because now when we were when we it was first we were 2008 so we were like mm-hmm. 8 or 9 and then 4 years later we were too young to really pay attention yeah. to debates. The first ones that I paid attention to was Clinton and Trump
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: was a dumpster fire. And then <laughs> and then the ones with Trump and Biden another dumpster fire. Yeah. But like that ability to converse with someone even though you do not agree with them, even though maybe they're wrong, and if you want to change their mind, you have to come correct. Mm -hmm. just do. And like, I think that like a lot of that tone policing, the woke police and everything that came with the elections. Yeah. And I'm just hoping that like we're going to get to a better place. I can't handle this in college anymore. Mm -mm.
1: And I feel like we see this. I feel like this is an important skill to learn in college because eventually, like, Yes, college is the quote-unquote real world, but when we leave our very liberal campus, we will be in the workplace, in situations, in our even in our community, where we will see people with very different opinions. And at our very liberal university, people who do not feel the same as the group, they have a tendency to not share their opinions just because they feel like they're in the minority. That will not be the case when we're out in the in the real, real world. Yeah. Um and we need to we need to learn how to have fruitful conversation with those individuals.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think about as I'm an anthropology major, right? So the mm-hmm. classes that I'm a part of, they're amazing. And we get to just talk about anything and like like a lot of work is being done, but sometimes I think about how the people who really need to be here are not here. These are people who are already open to ideas to learning Mm -hmm. new things and changing their behaviors or yeah have already changed their behaviors and so when we go out in the real world with this education that we have it's our job to learn how to teach each other and to come with compassion Mm -hmm. and this is like i I, someone told me this like two summers ago is that she was referring to um because it was like during an internship and she was like look you are a person of color we might invite guests that are older really old white men that might say things that will offend you but you i'm telling you now to come with compassion and understand that there, it's a different time a different era and he might just not understand that he's mm-hmm. doing something wrong and
1: that's not and to I say that people that.
0: can't change we're not excusing their that's behavior but you do have no. to go at it with compassion compassion just remember that like if you want to have a discussion about it, you can, but don't you. You have to understand that maybe they don't mean it, and from a different time. And so I think about that, and I think about how easy it is to offend someone too. It, it, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you maybe you accidentally use the wrong pronouns. or you. I, I, I get the, the comment of like, "Where are you from?" That can yeah. be very for some people. That's something that you don't ask, mm-hmm. and it's like understand that as if you receive something and you you see that the person really, truly, truly does not mean it, yeah, come with it. Have a bit of empathy, and I think that's what we're lacking today. Yeah, but
1: I know, feel like <laughs> no. I think I just <laughs> want to close that point with. Um, do you remember my freshman college roommate? Um, the the, the one who came from a, <laughs> the one who came from a small town. Um, yes, her. So <laughs> she, um, one of my <laughs> one of my roommates. She grew up in a really small town, and I legitimately... She had legitimately never met a person of color that was not Latino until she met me. Mm. And even then, um, there was one half Mexican in her entire town. And that was the entire... Like, that was was it. And her school was very small. Like, she came from a very small school where you grow up and everyone stays in the same town. Very rarely do people venture out of town. And so individuals that live there have a very specific mentality and that same mentality is what the children grow up with. Now I'm not saying that children don't have the ability to think for themselves, but like if you are given certain messaging your entire lives she wasn't rude or anything like that. She just legitimately did not understand. Like she did ask me, she's like, hey, where are you really from? And I <laughs> politely explained to her that that's probably, I was like, I feel like I'm pretty understanding with that stuff. I politely explained yeah. to her that I was like, look, that's probably not a question you want to be asking your other friends, um, especially at our school. But yes. that's fine. You know, like it's
0: because she'd never- like, This is how you would ask that question. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Yeah and i i think i I honestly that's also the thing not having diverse friends not having Mm -hmm. diverse friend groups also impacts you that way like i had the luxury i guess we the both of us had the luxury of being with people from different ethnic groups and different ethnicities but there are some people out there who you're gonna be the first person of color they see you're gonna be the first Mm -hmm. like like, and, and that could be a shock because you do things differently you eat different food and like they might just not have the tools to communicate with you. Yeah. That's why communications is a whole major in the field of study. <laughs> <laughs> and not to say there are people here out here who are foul, trifling, and despicable, but there are a lot more who aren't and who just need guidance. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm being an optimist. Normally I'm not this kind. <laughs> um, yes. But on that note, I feel like
1: I feel like that wraps up our podcast.
0: Yes. Now, if you'd like to know where we're from and from, from, and really from, <laughs> I, I'm i Cameroonian. I'm from the Biti and the Baboon tribes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm from India. I was born there and everything. Um, I'm from Punjab within India. And if you want to go further, I was born in Amritsar, which is in Punjab, Indeed. which is in India. <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you for listening to our rambling today. We really went on like a huge tangent there in the end, but we hope you enjoyed.
1: Yeah. Thank you for your time and have a lovely rest of your day.
0: We were serious when we talked about the meeting, like, you know, emailing us and contacting us. We haven't received anything yet. So please contact us.
1: Yes. Please (laughs) reach out to us at suddenlygrown at gmail.com or DM us at suddenlygrown on our
0: Instagram. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye. You don't need to be employed to get employee level vision coverage.
1: If you're retiring soon and looking for a way to continue caring for your eyes, get a VSP individual vision plan at VSPdirect.com.